your attention, please. While train travel is very safe, going onto the railway track without permission is dangerous. Trespass incidents can have life-changing or even fatal results. So, how big a problem is trespass and what's being done to reduce it? I'm joined today by Oliver Bratton, Director of Network Strategy and Operations, Louise McNally, Trespass Prevention Lead at Network Rail, and Inspector Becky Warren with the British Transport Police. Welcome to all of you. Can I ask you to introduce yourselves to our audience and tell us how you came to your current role with the rail industry? Becky first, please. Yeah, hello there. So I'm Inspector Becky Warren. I've been with the British Transport Police for over 26 years. I first started as a PC, a constable in Brighton, and then moved up through the ranks. And I currently work on the Central Disruption Team. Our main role is to look at all things that are disruption on the railway, which is police related. So not like signal failures or things like that. That's down to the railway. But things like the subject that we're talking about today, which is trespass. One of our key roles is to look into how BTP react to and deal with trespass, how we prevent trespass and how we work with the industry and all manner of things to make it safer for everybody. And, and clearly reducing the amount of people that are on the railway who shouldn't be is a key aim of ours. Thank you. And now Louise. Hi, I'm Louise McNally and I am the Trespass Prevention Lead for Network Rail. I came to my role having come from a, a level crossings background, but my first task was to um, pull together the CP6 industry strategy for Trespass. So that's something I did back in 2019 uh, and I've been with Trespass ever since. Thank you. And now Oliver. I'm Oliver Bratton, Director of Network Strategy and Operations, and I've been in the industry for over 20 years. I've worked in network rail, rail track and train operators. And in every single one of those, managing trespass has been a part of my role. It's absolutely fundamental to service delivery. And whatever role I've been in, there's always been something about trespass. Thank you very much, Oliver. First of all, could I ask you to tell us why trespass happens? It's important to remember that the UK rail network has 20,000 miles of route and it's effectively an open system, which means that getting onto the railway is in many ways very easy. We know that all of our stations are open, for example, and they are always access points onto our network. We have level crossings, we have user crossings. But in all of this, the reasons for people being on the network are complex, and there are a variety of reasons. You have people who don't even realise they're trespassing. The person who thinks that they need to chop down a tree in their garden and they cross the boundary fence to help them cut down branches. Then you get people who know that it's wrong, but don't think that they will get caught. Maybe it's someone who's taking a walk in the countryside and finds the railway as a barrier. Maybe it's somebody at a station who wants to take a shortcut between platforms. Then there are those who are out to hurt the system, as I call it, because they might be there to do vandalism, they might be there to steal assets, valuable assets. The railway has many assets which are of value to scrap merchants, and we know that's been a big problem on the railway. And then there's people who think that being on the railway is a thrill, and the excitement is being somewhere where they shouldn't be. So when you look across the broad spectrum, you have a vast number of reasons for people to trespass. And given that it is an open system, it can be very difficult to manage. But in all cases, we have responsibility to prevent trespass because of the disruption it has on the railway and because of the risks that these people are putting themselves into by coming onto our system. 
and in particular children keeping children of the system because of the dangers to them because they don't understand how dangerous the railway is can you tell our listeners about some of the human impact of trespass on our railways if we take this year alone we're already at nearly 6000 trespass incidents so that's since the 1st of april And that's even with a railway system that's been running fewer trains. We have to remember that sometimes the number of instances linked to the number of people who are out there finding these events. So train drivers, for example, are a key source of information as to trespass. And this year, because we've had fewer trains, we may not have seen as many incidents as we might normally. Trespass has been increasing year on year since 2015-2016. This isn't a risk-free exercise. Every year we have people killed while trespassing on the system. Sometimes they are children, which is very worrying. Sometimes it's people who haven't understood how to use the system safely. But the point is, is that trespass, these figures are too high. And we want to both reduce the number of people on the system, but we certainly want to reduce the number of people who are killed trespassing. Thank you, Oliver. Trespass also has knock-on effects that impact many more than those directly involved. Becky, could you describe what happens when trespassers are seen on the railway? Yeah, absolutely. So BTP, the British Council Police, has a number of methods that people can contact us, whether it's via our text message, our free phone service, um, whether it's direct calls from the industry. There are many different ways that we'll be advised that somebody's on the railway that shouldn't be. And our key aim as police officers is the preservation of life. So clearly, if someone's on the railway lines, we have trains and we have electricity, we need to basically get them off as soon as possible and help the industry to get back up and running. So we grade our calls. So if somebody's on the railway line and is in immediate danger, then that'll be a grade one emergency call. So that means the officers will be getting into their vehicles and will be going on blue lights and sirens to to get through the traffic and to get to that location as quickly as possible to try and resolve whatever the situation is and in this case we're talking about trespass so that's the first reaction to it then once we're there we've got to do whatever we can to find that person work with our rail industry partners uh, network rail and the train operating companies to find them and then to deal with them once we uh, get hold of the individual then we have a number of methods of dealing with that person obviously they may need help from our emergency services partners like the ambulance service We may need to call on the fire service to help us. uh, And then we're going to be dealing with that person for any offences that they might commit. So it is actually an offence to what we call trespass on the railway uh, and can get fines. And if there's more impact or other offences that are committed, then clearly the potential could be for time in jail. It can be a range of different uh, resolutions for us. What we want to do is educate people as much as possible. So if, if it's appropriate, then we will go through what we call a community resolution with the individual to try and get them to understand the impact, what their actions were. Um, and obviously that impact is also on those officers attending. As we're attending these calls, we're thinking of all the different outcomes that could be. I myself have been in policing for 26 years. I've dealt with numerous people who have trespassed on the railway and I've had many different outcomes. And I know that the worst case, obviously, is that somebody could obviously be killed or seriously injured. And those are the sort of jobs that you really don't want to go to because there's a knock on effect on you personally and also all your colleagues around you as to how we're going to deal with that incident and then how we're going to deal with the family and friends of that person who may be seriously injured or harmed in some way. Thank you, Becky. Could you tell us about some of your experience of having to deal with the family and friends of those who have been killed or seriously injured as a result of trespassing? 
Yes, of course I can. So as I've said, you know, I've been in the British Transport Police for 26 years. I've dealt with a number of incidents. One particular one sadly sticks out for me. A young man was walking along the railway line because he'd missed the last train. And unfortunately, he, uh, he, he died at the scene. I've then had to go around not only to deal with that, that scene, but I've then had to go around to the family. And I can still recall, if I shut my eyes, I can recall the house. I can recall his mum. I can recall that whole situation. Um, the horror of having to tell somebody that they've lost their son doesn't go away. I'm still impacted by that particular case today. It still touches me, if you like, uh, the memory of it. And that's just one, sadly, of many cases. And we really need to do whatever we can to not have the situation where we are going around and knocking on someone's door and passing the worst news we possibly can and devastating their lives. Um, so anything we can do to stop people from going on the railway line, it's for trains, it's not for people, then that, that's the best that we ought to be trying to do. Becky, thank you for sharing that. Oliver, if I could turn to you now, Becky's talked about the immediate personal impacts of trespass, but it also has other knock-on effects on the timetable and on passengers from a network rail perspective, could you tell us something about what happens when trespassers are seen on the railway? Well, the first thing for us to do is try and make sure the situation is safe. So in what happens on the railway is that the first person to be informed is always a signal, that the signal controls the movement of trains on the system. And what will happen is that the driver will tell the signaller or maybe a member of station staff, and the signaller will then ask a driver for more information and then put signals at red in order that they can inform other trains on the system that a trespasser has been seen. Whilst this can often be a very small exercise, i.e. one or two trains gets delayed, we have to remember that if we're not confident that it's safe to run at line speed, we end up having to stop the system while we wait for police attendance or for searches to be carried out on the line side. And the problem is, is that if this happens at a busy location, we can end up with substantial disruption. And we then have to face the dilemma that we have to look after the people who are on our system, not just the trespasser, but all those people on trains. And this means that there is an absolute priority and focus on getting the system moving again as quickly as possible. In reality, we know that we have had incidents whereby, because of a trespasser on the system, we've had people evacuating from trains. And again, this becomes an unmanageable situation, which puts passengers' lives at danger. We can't have people self-evacuating for trains, particularly where you've got third rail or overhead line. So the whole thing is about, can we minimise the effects of trespass in order that we don't end up with a major disruption and people wandering around the track? And I say that's not just a trespasser, but the people who might self-evacuate from trains. Thank you, Oliver. We are recording this in November 2020. And there are changes to the rule book that come into effect next month about the role of a train driver if he or she should spot a trespasser. Could you tell us what effect and benefit those new rules will have? The new rule book changes in December 2020 give those involved in the operation of the railway better advice as to how to deal with trespassers. And they make a distinction between trying to identify where somebody is trespassing and getting off the network as quickly as possible versus those people who are trespassing and loitering line side. 
This is because if we are confident that someone is leaving the system as they are spotted, it is a different set of actions from if we're not sure of the motive and intent of the person by the line side. And the rule book will help those involved in the operation of the railway come to a clearer understanding of what is happening and what the appropriate action is to take. These changes should help ensure that we get better information as to the location and the nature of the trespass event in order that we don't stop the system unnecessarily. And can you give us any examples of recent incidents of trespass? There are numerous incidents where this has caused major disruption to the system and or loss of life to individuals. So if we take an incident in July 2018, there was someone who was in a suicidal state and they put themselves on Stockport Viaduct. The incident was there for almost 24 hours and the line was closed for that long. These are difficult situations to manage for the police, but you know they, 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 they can only do their best. But if someone is putting themselves in such a difficult situation, it's not the case that we can easily resolve it. Earlier this year, in fact, only a few weeks ago at Crew Station, we had someone who climbed on the parapet of a bridge and they stayed there for over two hours. That resulted in nearly 9,000 minutes delay to trains. But the important thing is to bear in mind that these involve individuals and loss of life sometimes. So... In 2017, we had three trespassers killed at Loughborough Junction who were out there to graffiti. We have also had incidents involving children in freight depots in 2014 and 2017 with people, children, in in freight yard depots thinking that it's a good place to have an adventure. But unfortunately, they were left with life-changing injuries. So it's very important that we consider the wide breadth of people who might be involved in trespass and the implications for them if they get things wrong. Earlier, you mentioned that some people don't realise they are trespassing. Can you tell us what's being done to make this clearer? One of the things we have to do as an industry is make sure it is clear to people when and where they are trespassing, because it may not be automatically clear to somebody that their actions lead to them being um, a trespasser. One of the things we're doing is reviewing signage across the industry in order that it is more evident to people at what point they're in a safe public place and at what point they're then trespassing on the railway. And this programme should help us understand how to get the message across to people clearly and unambiguously. Oliver, thank you for that. Louise, could I now turn to you? I know that Network Rail, the train operators and the ORR all consider that the incidence of trespass needs to be reduced. Can you tell our listeners what the industry has been doing to tackle this problem in recent years? Because over the past five or six years, uh, the number of incidents has been increasing. And as a result, obviously, because of that increase, you've got the harm to the trespassers themselves, but also the staff that attend incidents when they happen and the disruption uh, to the network and to our passengers who are, are just trying to get where they need to be each day. So trespass has become recognised as a, a priority area. It's a topic in the industry strategy document, Leading Health and Safety on Britain's Railway, since it was first published in 2016. More recently, we created the, the Trespass Industry Strategy, and the, it was created really to, to bring about some alignment and get the industry to work collaboratively and, and pulling in the same direction. 
The collective long-term vision of the trespass industry strategy for CP6 is to achieve a continuous sustainable reduction uh, in trespass incidents on the, on the railway. The Trespass Risk Group was set up to look at the issue of trespass and, and how we could, we could reduce trespass. Network Rail then led the work that introduced the Trespass Improvement Programme. That's an industry-led programme but managed by Network Rail. BTP, RDG, RSSB, train operators and freight operators all contribute to the various activities that go on through the programme. The programme delivers projects across four work streams, which focus on improving the quality of our data, our documentation and our processes, enabling greater cooperation and coordination of industry activity, uh, raising public awareness of the dangers of railway trespass through campaigns and educational activity, and exploring the benefits of innovation and technology to prevent trespass and then trialling them on the network to make sure that we're introducing them safely. Since its inception, the Trespass Improvement Programme has become involved in, in many and varied projects, and some of them include delivering online education sessions. We work with a, a company that has delivered training to over 8 million young people in schools to help them understand the, the dangers associated with the railway. There's face-to-face -face awareness activity. Uh, we've reached nearly 40,000 young people in communities in high-risk locations nationally. Uh, we work with organisations like the English Football League. Uh, we're also working with the Scouts Association uh, so that, so that we're, we're reaching out to particularly young people in a, in a way that they can understand and relate to. We're trialling new and innovative solutions such as drones to help locate trespassers quickly. CCTV and sensors to detect and prevent trespass at platform ends and edges. Creation of redesigned anti-trespass mats, which are almost impossible to walk across, and we locate those at, at platform ends. And we're optimising the content and location of our signage to make sure it's really clear and doesn't cause any confusion. More recently, the programme has contributed to academic research to provide consistent guidance for industry on risk assessment methodology and how to choose and evaluate the most effective interventions. The risk assessment work that we're undertaking is, is, is really important. It's needed because, firstly, we have a legal duty to undertake risk assessment. Secondly, because there has been a lack of alignment across industry in the way that we approach risk assessment. Everybody's doing it their own way and our approach has been quite fragmented up until now. Our approach to risk as well, or our idea of risk is, is subjective and we have varying risk tolerance. And we need to get better at understanding what as low as, as reasonably practicable really means. Um, so we were, we were asked to pull this piece of work together by the train operators and freight operators, but also it's, it's really helpful to, to network rail as well. And we were asked because they wanted to see that alignment, they wanted to see a collective approach because they were very aware that uh, the way that they were approaching it was quite different to the way that we were approaching it. Thank you, Louise. And could you briefly touch on some of the research work done by RSSB to help the industry better understand how to reduce trespass? In order to address all this, research work was carried out by Network Rail and RSSB. 
and then its findings and results have been presented to a steering group who have all fed back uh, to make sure that that what we're we're putting forward takes account of varying risk assessment techniques so we've looked at other industries we've looked at other countries um, and we, we've tried to pull together the best pieces of those risk assessment processes T1168 trespass motivations and T1182 on data collection requirements um, have been pulled together and presented on the RSSB website. And it's, it contains improved data recording and data recording and collection, and it will lead to better decision making for risk assessments. It provides appropriate mitigation measures by learning about what motivates people to trespass. Thank you all for taking the time to talk about your experience of trespass and the impact that it has both on individuals and on passengers as a whole. Preventing trespass is just one of the ways in which we can and have to deliver a better, safer railway. In the next episode, we'll talk about the guidance that's been developed on how to assess trespass risk and put preventative measures in place. We'll also talk about what it is that industry members need to do to reduce that risk to a level that is as low as reasonably practicable. But to stop trespass completely, the only message we can give is to the public at large. If you don't have permission to be on the railway, don't go on the railway. I'd also like to thank all our listeners for staying with us to the end. If you have any comments about this or any other of our podcasts or ideas for another episode, please let me know by emailing podcasts at rssb.co.uk and don't forget to visit the blogs page on the RSSB website where you'll find the show notes for every episode which include links to some useful related resources. Until the next time, thank you and goodbye.